we want simplicity, we want convenience, and we want that seamless experience. You're listening to Modern Multifamily, a podcast that inspires industry operators and suppliers to think bigger. My name is Mike Wilbur, the Chief Revenue Officer of Rent Dynamics, and in this show, I'm sitting down with leaders across the multifamily industry to discuss topics tied to innovation, technology, and improving renter experiences. I had an awesome time talking with Jonathan Ehrlich. He is the co-founder of Lightning Capital, an owner-operator that runs a boutique portfolio that is the epitome of technology first. What first caught my attention about Jonathan was an article, actually a series of articles he wrote on LinkedIn called The Multifamily Tech Stack. He talked through some very specific technologies, their role, and also their importance as it relates to property performance and resident experience. He has a really clear but also a strong point of view on what the opportunities are in the industry, both from a technology as well as from a strategy standpoint, as well as how the vendor supplier side can play a bigger role in helping owners and operators win. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Let's get into it. Jonathan, thanks for joining today. I'd love to start with kind of a background of, of who you are and how you got to the point you are today in your career. Sure, absolutely. Well, thanks a lot, Mike, for having me. Happy to be here. So my name is Jonathan Ehrlich. I am the co-founder of Lightning Capital. We are an integrated, vertically integrated, multifamily real estate investor, developer, owner-operator. And we've been around for two years now. So prior to that, I was in the prop tech space as the head of strategy partnerships and corp dev at a prop tech company called Butterfly MX, which is a virtual doorman visitor management access control platform that now services a few thousand properties around the United States. So I think almost up to about half a million residents served, which is a flat screen touch panel virtual doorman that goes outside of the building, intercom. And that was really where I had my, my prop tech foundations. And before that, I was in the real estate industry. While I was in business school, I was at the related companies working on Hudson Yards, which is obviously a large private multifamily and mixed use real estate development on the west side of Manhattan. And then before that, I actually was doing government finance of projects that we're not, uh, we're not multifamily, but they were large, heavy civil construction projects and a little bit of industrial uh, and office and other types of, of mixed use and public finance projects. So that's how, that's how I got into the space. And uh, that background in real estate and also in New York, I, I mean, what, what are you experiencing there? Uh, I know there's a lot of differences in the New York real estate market compared to a lot of other key markets, uh, the use of brokers and things like that. Are there any nuances that you're finding yourself really experiencing and having to be mindful of as you build Lightning Capital? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so there are some things that are incredibly different between New York and every single other real estate market and some things that are the same. Um, one of the things, you know, so we are a real estate company, first and foremost. We're not a technology company. We do not develop any of our own technology. What we saw out there was, that, you know, and I saw this <clears throat> being at a prop tech company, saw so many real estate owners who weren't able to execute on a strategy for technology. So we saw so many 
so many real estate owners and property managers were using technology in two ways. The first way that, that they use technology is because some technology company was able to get their foot in the door and sell them something that they said yes to. And the second is when they have something that's broken and they need to fix it. But none of those two options results in a top-down strategic approach on how do we implement technology. So that's really what we strive to do. Our secret sauce is in knowing how to fit all the pieces of the puzzle together, how to integrate components from a management backend, but also from the perspective of a resident. So all of those challenges exist in any market, New York, anywhere in, in the country, right? There definitely are things in New York that are unique. I mean, our first project, uh, which is recently really uh, launched, uh, we, we launched it last year, but of course, through the pandemic, now is really when it's hitting its stride, uh, is in a 100-year-old brownstone building in Brooklyn, right? That's uh, very different from a lot of the technology projects that are going on in, in multifamily, particularly around the country, where you see a lot of uh, new construction in particular, which I'm, I'm, of course, happy to talk about too. So I, can you tell me and tell us a little bit about the portfolio, where it is today and, and where you see it, it going? I can only assume there are some various uh, kind of unique strategies and components that, that make lightning lightning. Sure. So we have two sides of our business. Uh, the first side is the real estate uh, investment owner, property manager um, part of our business. Uh, that's still in its nascent stage. We have under 100 units in that part of the business, all focused in the New York City area, Manhattan, Brooklyn. Uh, and then we also have a consulting business where we work with existing property managers and owners on how to take their portfolio, either existing buildings or buildings that are slated to be constructed, and talk to them about how to implement technology uh, through that. So we have a few hundred units in that portfolio as well that we work with and also work with them on the ongoing management of, uh, of those units. That seems super smart. I, and I'll come back to that, but I'm curious to follow that thread. Is third-party management something you guys have pursued as a standalone part of your business, or has it mostly been the consulting with operators to help them use technology better? So this goes back to what I think is the most important part of technology in real estate, which is that because real estate is a physical business, the people who are ultimately in control of operating the physical asset on a day-to-day -day basis must be 100% in on whatever technology you're implementing. It doesn't matter whether it's a software company, hardware company, whether you're in rent payment or CRM or uh, tenant amenities, anything, any technology company will tell you that one of their biggest hurdles is in getting the property to buy in to the technology. And that has so many different implications, right? It means from the ownership side, if an owner decides that this is going to be a great technology, will they push from the top down their entire company to adopt it all the way down to the local property manager. So for us, that means, so we work with third-party management, right? Um, we, we don't do third-party management of other assets. There, there are a few reasons behind that. I think there's some great third-party managers that are popping up around the country that are really uh, pushing hard on the technology angle. And there are different technology platforms that 
third-party managers can bring to the table. But what we focus on mostly with third-party management, particularly in our consulting portfolio, is on how they can increase their adoption of technology, particularly if it's pushed by ownership if they're if they're separate entities. Got it. I think that makes a, a ton of sense. And we see that a lot too. I mean, there's a ton of technology out there and it's one thing to purchase a license or a platform. It's an entire different thing to wrap your business strategy around that to make sure you're using it to really drive the right behaviors and outputs for your business. And from your vantage point, are there any like really common things that you see in terms of technology that many communities already have that they're not using to the full advantage? Oh man, Uh, the the sky's the limit here. (laughs) I mean, I think that there are many different opportunities for technology and a lot of it goes back to what we were talking about in terms of adoption uh, and buy-in because you need to have the buy-in and there's buy-in at different levels for different types of products. I think that your question really is about management. I think that the single greatest asset of uh, a management company is time. And thinking about what your employees are spending time on will help you figure out where there is opportunity. Um, So I think that we have different platforms that can save you time in different areas. And the, you know, from sales and CRM to try to accelerate leasing velocity and spending less time on getting prospects in the door to virtual touring, which, you know, can cut down uh, brokers time from having to schedule tours and also might be able to get prospects in units at times when they may not have been able to otherwise to uh, maintenance ticket requests where you have things that were outstanding for long periods of time um, that you know, you can, you can nip them in the bud because you increase your, your reporting. There are just so many different options out there. I think that's a cool perspective. Uh, so a couple of weeks back, you wrote a series of articles called the multifamily tech stack, which is how we got connected. And your first article, I think several thousand engagements in terms of views, impressions, and lots of comments. And then you ended up having to even write a second uh follow-up because of the popularity of that first one. That first that first article, the multifamily tech stack, which I'll include in the show notes and for follow-ups for all of our listeners, was very focused on the smart home. And then that second one was much more focused on all of the other ancillary technology that still is very core property management software, a tenant app, things like that. I'm curious, like, let's start with that first one, Jonathan, as you're building out lightning capital and you're experiencing a technology first ecosystem, what are you seeing in terms of the importance of the smart home series of technologies? I know it's more than just one thing in terms of how it's impacting your portfolio. And that's really open-ended, but let's just start there. Sure. Yeah. So Thanks for mentioning those articles. Uh, This is sort of my first foray into (laughs) publication on LinkedIn. Um, I I had a lot of these thoughts for a long time and decided to put pen to paper and I'm happy at at the response that I've gotten. And the intent was always to create two to cover this subject because it is so broad and uh, maybe uh, we'll, we'll see some future articles on similar topics down the line. So, yeah, the, the idea here is that there is a split between hardware and software 
which is a natural split. And I think that we say it and it sounds obvious, but what it actually means, the real implications are, are meaningful. And in particular, they're meaningful because hard, as, as the saying goes, hardware is hard, right? Not only, oftentimes you, you hear that phrase in the context of it's hard to start or have a hardware company. So that's from the company perspective, but it's also hard as a real estate operator to implement hardware because it means that you have things that are actually in units or in buildings and they come with potential headaches and everyone does like to focus on the potential challenges and pitfalls and headaches. I like to focus on the opportunities, <laughs> so we can talk about that. I think that um, there, it is a certain kind of owner and manager that's willing to implement these smart home features. You see it being done mostly in a larger institutional setting. It starts with access control, access and locks. Those are the highest ROI items for, uh, for smart home in multifamily. And that goes to the front door access, common area access, individual unit access. And then there are these other uh, ancillary hardware items from thermostats to light switches. And then you have even other ones such as shades and leak sensors. And then some of the things in, in the common area or management arena, such as common area, HVAC control, um, occupancy sensors for common areas, different controls as well for, for heating and cooling on the management and sensor side. So all those things are things that we implement throughout our portfolio, but are definitely difficult for, for a lot of the average um, players out there who are not familiar with this space. On the software side, again, there are so many opportunities there as well. So uh, I'm living in an apartment for about six months now while we build a home in Utah. And it's been really interesting living in a community that is a smart you know, apartment, has, has the hardware, some of the software. And now that I'm, you know, experiencing as a resident, not just as a supplier uh, here at Rent Dynamics, I've really been thinking through what the advantages are for someone who owns and operates, you know, a property or an asset. And from my experience, like it seems like there are resident advantages to to this. It also feels like there are scalable property benefits. You you just mentioned, you know, monitoring leaks. I know that's a huge thing for properties, especially at scale. And then you also look at, you know, the marketing experience. How can you create an amenity package that helps you stand out from a marketing and sales standpoint? Of those three, are are you seeing kind of an equal spread across the board in terms of technology, like equally impacting the resident, the property and marketing? Or are there some that are way more heavy in certain areas and some that are way more heavy in in others? And, And I hope that question makes sense. Yeah, it makes total sense. So I think that the heaviest weight is going to be on the sales and marketing side. The properties need tenants. They need tenants to be paying market rents and they want them to be paying market rents as soon as possible. Uh, And often, more often than not, you will hear property managers and owners say that that is their number one priority uh, to minimize vacancy and make sure rents are at full capacity. And because of that, the you know whether it's leasing platforms, uh, tour, touring. I mentioned virtual touring and um, self touring. Those are two separate things we can talk about. Uh, and 
and all of the different things that come along with it, such as CRM pl platforms, et cetera, et cetera, I'd, and marketing websites, syndication to listing platforms, I'd say that there's a huge emphasis on that. After that, I think you have a little bit of a split between the resident facing and the, let's say, management facing. A lot of the management facing, so, so to be clear, resident facing, you're, you're making an investment with the intent to increase reds. You want to increase your top line. You're, you're introducing technology as an amenity. On the management-facing technology, you're, you're making an investment to reduce costs, to, re, to increase your bottom line by, by reducing costs, right? So we're, both will hit the bottom line, but in different ways. I think that we see a lot more of the focus on the cost reduction when it comes to owners who have much larger portfolios and much larger buildings, which is not us, to be fair. Right, so we do try to experiment with cost reduction um, when it comes to smaller buildings, and we do believe it's possible. But just from a numbers perspective, the larger your building is, and then with the multiplier effect, the larger your portfolio is, the more cost savings you can realize from management, and that is even more magnified when you look in the. Uh, energy efficiency and heating and cooling space. On the tenant-facing side, I'd say, you know, it probably comes in third in this category. Some people are spending more uh, more attention on it than others. And I'd say uh, the vast majority of it, if you just paid attention to smart access, uh, probably ekes out the, the cost-saving technology if you just looked at it alone. Oh, sure. I get that. So, Earlier, when you were talking about Lightning Capital, there's these two arms of your business you you own and you operate, but then you also consult to help people, properties, managers uh, gain more buy-in and strategy and leverage from the technology that they're using. And I'm curious, on, on the resident side, do you see an opportunity there to also make sure that residents are better adopting technology and amenities or, or what does that look like to not just make sure that the property is using it for the operational advantage and leverage, but making sure that the resident is using it to their advantage as well? Yeah. So this is taking technology to the next level within the management company, right? And we definitely do provide services to owners to try to increase engagement. And I think that Engage, first of all, you have to be able to measure user engagement. So before you can figure out whether or not your tenants are using the features, you have to be able to measure whether they're using the features, whether that's through surveys or whether you're actually going into dashboards or portals that are online for your various cloud services. And hopefully those cloud service portals are unified and in one location, as opposed to having to log into five different websites to figure out whether your tenants are using the amenity booking and the, you know, and they're coming into the building and using key fobs, et cetera, et cetera. So um, I think that what this point, this question is great because it points to the fact that marketing, marketing is never over when a tenant signs the lease, right? And what do I mean by that? Well, first of all, you have to market these features to prospective tenants in the right way, because if you're not marketing them correctly to prospective tenants, then you're not going to get that ROI increase. You're not going to see the return. You're not going to get the rent increase that you were looking for by putting these smart features in. If the whole goal is to make technology an amenity, you need to sell it as an amenity. You need to market it as an amenity. So 
I think that sometimes we see people make the investment, but have a traditional property marketing strategy without, without highlighting the technology features of an apartment, explaining it to brokers, having brokers walk through the technology piece, highlighting technology on listings. I mean, sometimes you just see smart lock as, an, as another bullet in a list of 20 bullets you know, that many of which a tenant doesn't care about. You have to get smart about it. You have to find the prospects who care about smart access and highlight those features to them. And then to the point about engagement, continue that all the way through. And I think that you'll, you know, a lot of the times I I, I think real estate sometimes gets a bad rap for, uh, for lack of customer service, let's say. And once you sign that lease, we don't care very much about you until it's time for you to renew the lease, right? Well, I think that that's turning around with with more modern property managers and with with technology tools. You see that people are really putting two and two together and realizing that the more that you're able to respond to tenants' needs and the more that you are promoting tenant engagement in the features that you're providing to them, the happier tenants uh, you have. And it's great because tenant engagement can oftentimes be a proxy for for tenant satisfaction. So we see it that way. Oh, absolutely. I loved your point on using, you know, the the technology as not just an amenity, but something that's used in marketing. And I see a ton of opportunity on the technology provider side to to better help in 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 having those strategies and those playbooks to offer to customers and future customers to make sure that they're using it at, at the at the most potential kind of leverage and and usage as possible. But are are you seeing anyone out there today on the technology side that's doing that well? Not just providing the technology, but truly following through with you know, strategy and, and how to make this thing really move the needle for the property, for the resident, for marketing and for sales. I'm curious from your standpoint, if anyone's doing this super well today. You mean as a real estate company or as a technology company? As a technology company, are there technologies out that are, that are really driving that strategy in partnership with customers or is it still super, you know, person centric like you're doing today as a consultant? Yeah, there's definitely a gap there, right? I think that Technology companies want to sell their technology. They want to, they want to build their technology. They want to make great technology, and they want to sell their technology. But they're not really in the property management business, right? So if you're a lock company or if you're a software company, you're, you want to sell that lock, and you want to sell the lock to more buildings. But when it comes to making sure that the tenants use the lock and probably a lot of other features in addition to your lock, that's not really what you sold your your customer, right? So there is this little gap there. I do think that we see some technology companies embracing their customer partnerships to the next level. I think that a lot of that has to do with some of the institutionalization of real estate where they can really engage some of their partners at very high levels. I mean, you see some of the largest multifamily owners and managers out there uh, really take those partnerships to to heart and and use those relationships in order to to try to improve the product, right? To provide feedback to improve the product, and I think that's where it really lies. It really lies in the technology company providing its customers with the because a lot of these 
a lot of these companies we call B2B to C companies, right? The business to business to consumer, because you've got a company that's selling you the business, but their end user is your tenant who they're not selling to that you're selling to the tenant, right? So you have these B2B to C companies and then the support that's provided in the B2B to relationship uh, is super important because the more that they're able to provide, and this is where I was going before, was if they provide you the tools, the dashboards, the metrics, and also the training to use that so that you as the property company understand how to best engage with the tenants, what all this information even means, where to access it, how often it's updated, uh, and how to use it, and you're given examples or suggestions, then you've become empowered. And then you can you know, you can use that to your advantage. That's great. You're going to be the most quotable guest I think I've ever had on the show. I'm going, to, <laughs> I'm going to use B2B to C again. I've I've never heard that before. I really like that. So one of my last questions for you, Jonathan, is really just one of pure curiosity. You're feeder on the street. You're you're managing, you're, you're operating, you're owning, you're consulting, you're in the trenches. What's missing? I know that's a super loaded question, but from a technology or from a strategy standpoint, for an owner operator or for a technology provider who's listening to the show, I'm curious what you see as an opportunity out there, whether it's a a glaring piece of technology, a piece of strategy that any operator could look to incorporate, Um, might be something big, it might be something small and tactical, but, but what's something that you see out there is missing? So... I think that the number one thing that is missing in real estate technology is integration. And it's, this is not unknown. This is a very well-known issue. It is well-known for the real estate customers, providers, and it's well-known in the technology companies. Real estate companies already use technology. They've been using, we've been using technology for a long time. Um, so when we say that real estate technology or prop tech is new, sure. Yes, there, there are many opportunities, but it's, it's also been around, you know, you look at companies that are in the property management and accounting space. There are incumbents that have been in that space for 20 plus years. Um, they are some of, you know, they are the, the incumbents and the bastions of, of real estate technology. They have been around for a long time. Um, And when a new technology comes in, often the first thing that you hear from that customer in that sales pitch is, do you integrate with what I already have, right? There are huge switching costs here. And because everybody is so good at their their product, you never are really going to want to go with one service for everything, nor really can you, unless you're starting a company from scratch. And even then you're going to be, you're going to find providers who give you different value in different places. And real estate businesses really are different businesses with various lines of business under one roof. Right. Um, So I think that integration is that one silver bullet, that magic piece that is, consistently elusive and missing. Um, And it's from all perspectives, whether that means like we were talking about before, you're trying to consolidate all of your different online web-based portals into one, whether it has to do with your tenant who, or your prospective tenant who's signing a lease or applying for and looking at an apartment going 
all the way through the leasing process through one convenient online or mobile-based process from from applying for an or from searching an apartment to move-in day all in one place. You know, these are integrated experiences that we want to be seamless um, where, you know, we, we get real estate down to the Amazon one-click philosophy where you should be able to buy something with one click. Buying, you know, a, a house is, uh, or, or renting a home is one of the biggest decisions for the majority of, of Americans. So maybe we treat it with a little bit more uh, gravitas than the Amazon one click. But I think that the, the, the theory still holds that we want simplicity, we want convenience, and we want that seamless experience. I, I think the experience side of integration is such an opportunity. I love that you said that. I think a lot of folks have, you know, stood upon the fact that they've got an API with you name the software and then that's enough. We can pass through pricing or pull in availability or whatever the thing might be. But I think the experience side of it, making it seamless, fun, easy to use, all of the things is is so spot on. I think you're going to get some questions about that one after the show. Absolutely. Bring it on. (laughs) Love it. Well, hey, I'm curious just to wrap things up. Is there anything I should have asked you today? Or or I want this to be an equally beneficial platform for you as it is for me. Is there anything that I I should have asked you about today with your background and what you're doing at Lightning Capital that you think would be beneficial for anyone on the multifamily prop tech side listening in today? Well, listen, we got a lot of exciting things going on. Uh, what, what should you have asked me? Uh, I, I, you know, this is probably one of the first, whether it's an interview, podcast, dinner, discussion, lunch, breakfast. I'm glad that we've just spent the past 30, 40 minutes uh, not having to discuss the, uh, you know, the unfortunate situation that we're all in with the pandemic going on. I do think it has, you know, a lot of different implications for real estate um, as we now emerge out of it in, in various real estate verticals, multifamily housing definitely included. Your first question was about how New York City is different from all other markets. A lot of the urban markets have definitely experienced COVID differently than, than others. You've seen a lot of headlines talking about uh, flight to suburbia outside of the urban core, uh, there are various different data points that point to whether or not that is a myth or a reality. Um, but you can't deny that there is a return to normalcy here and that um, technology, that seamless experience, the, uh, the, the way that we live will change. It has changed. I think that you know, the concept of the 15-minute the city uh, of having things closer and more convenient to you where you live where you work where you dine uh or eat and and where you recreate or play i'm trying to stay away from the live work play uh you know cliche but it is true that technology will and continues to be you know an incredibly important part of that and i think that covid and the post-covid world really plays into that a lot I love that. Well, we'll end on a ritual for me, which is uh, asking if there's anything fun to share with the audience. Is there a recent TV show on any platform you can think of, a movie or even a podcast that's caught your attention recently that you uh, have top of mind worth sharing that you'd, you'd recommend for others? 
Oh man, I have a a lot of podcasts. I've I've been a big podcast person since before COVID. I've listened to I think thousands of hours of of podcasts. I used to be a commute a car commuter, so uh, I've listened to a lot of podcasts. My latest uh, watching show, which is Call My Agent on Netflix. I've recently started watching that show, which is originally based in uh, Paris and, and now has come to Netflix, which is a great show. And I've become very into espresso throughout the past 12 months of COVID. Now, do you have an espresso machine maker? I or? do, yes. Ooh, what kind? <laughs> uh, it's an entry-level DeLonghi uh, espresso maker. Oh, that's cool, man. You, you can barely see. I've just got an espresso. I'm in the early days, but I, I definitely share that affinity. Okay. Yes, everybody has some COVID hobby or company or interest or, or something that they've uh, taken up along the way. Well, Jonathan, if anyone wants to get in touch with you personally to, to pick your brain on your article, to talk to you about consulting, or to learn more about partnering with Lightning Capital, what's the best way for someone to get in touch? Sure. You can reach us online at lightcap.co, L-I-G-H-T-C-A-P.co, or you can reach me at john at lightcap.co, and we're also on social media. Okay. Awesome. Well, thank you a ton for joining today. I really appreciate you carving out some time to connect with us. My pleasure. Thanks a lot, Mike.